Hey, this is Kat Kahn from Knoxville, Tennessee. And Tanya Rice from Minneapolis, Minnesota. We are grateful you've joined us. And we cannot wait to share with you the musings of a couple of yogis. We hope you learn, laugh, and enjoy. And we hope you will share with us any of your comments or questions. Without further ado, this is Two Pittas on a Pod. So, hey. How's it going? It's going great. Uh, Busy, 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 busy. Okay, so what are we talking about today? We are talking about the anti-diet mentality. And I know you and I both hate the word diet. We don't like the idea of going on diets because when you go on a diet, that implies you're going to be going off of a diet. And, you know, so it's always that yo-yo, you know, and I think this time of year, anytime when the weather gets warm, people start trying on bathing suits or shorts and they're more aware of their bodies because, oh, let me tell you, in the winter, you can layer on so much stuff and we're not as aware. But for me personally, I like the idea of talking about not going on diets, not necessarily because of weight loss, because of health benefits. Because if you really just change the way you look at food, you can become healthier overall. Yeah, it Mm -hmm. really is about a much deeper mental issue than most Mm -hmm. of us like to admit. You know, you and I have talked about body image But along Mm -hmm. with body image and diet culture is also eating disorders. Mm -hmm. There's also the whole connection to emotional eating. And all of us have had it. All of us Mm -hmm. have done it, right? Yeah. And so I think the whole concept of, you know, removing that diet mentality is really much more like you say about making a committed lifestyle change. It's like acknowledging, okay, yeah, the grapefruit diet is not the end all (laughs) cure all. And although you and I have both probably tried it, that is not going to be the successful lifestyle change that we are hoping to to, you know, be able to provide for our life. So really this whole chat is about what can we do and how and where and when can we begin? Like, right. Mm -hmm. Because the average person who's got diet mentality is like, oh, well, on May 1st, I'm going to start. I'm going to ax my calories to 1200 calories and I'm going to starve myself. And we know this just never works. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think if we start thinking about making changes just to be healthier, but it's really hard when it comes to food though, because you have to eat to live. And, you know, so it's, it's, different than smoking. You don't have to smoke cigarettes to live. You don't have to drink alcohol to live. But food, you have to have food. So you really have to change your behavior because you still are going to eat. You can't just go, okay, well, fine. I'm just going to go cold turkey and eat no food for six months. Okay, you're going to be dead. So you can't do that. So you have to look at the behaviors that are underlying with all the choices you make. I love bread. Love, love, love bread. Love donuts. I can't have them (laughs) except periodically. There's no food. I believe that you should never say you can't have a certain food. But let me tell you, if I bought a dozen donuts, I would probably eat them all. So I have to be mindful of that and go, you know what? I'll treat myself, as my son says, occasionally and treat myself and have something like that. Yeah. And I think that's really the whole thing is it 
when we look at diets from a standpoint of removing things or no Mm -hmm. longer doing things, we're setting ourselves up for failure. But if we can change that mentality instead to I'm going to increase this good habit, that good habit, and work with the positive reinforcers, then Mm -hmm. yeah, we can give ourselves that treat. We can have that lovely, we'll say, cheat moment and and not feel bad about it because we know that we're not doing it because we're coming out of a place of scarcity. Oh, we have to remove this, that, and that, and the other thing. And mm-hmm. all you can eat is yogurt and fruit <laughs> and maybe one piece of chicken breast each day. That's it. That's mm-hmm. all you get. Like, I mean, that's not, it's not a healthy mentality and it's not a safe way to garner the rest of your life. It's a little mm-hmm. bit like, and I'm sorry, those of you who are super big bodybuilders, but pushing a ton of weights is not a sustainable workout for the rest of your life. Likewise, limiting yourself to three food items is not a sustainable way mm-hmm. to eat for the rest of your life. So really what we're, we're shooting at is finding a way that's going to work for you, your lifestyle, your work habits, your sleep habits, but find a way that is going to speak to you so that it is isn't a rigid diet culture, but instead is a, hey, this is what works in my life. And this is how I manage my my food cravings, really. Mm-hmm. Well, and our intention for this talk is really to help you become the best you that you can be, to become strong, to become fit, to be balanced, to be happy. And, you know, we're not, we're not, I mean, and I, I'd hate to say that different diets are wrong because some people have to be on certain diets because they have medical issues. So I don't want to say all diets are wrong, but let's just mosey down the trail of the diets I've been on and let's... Yeah. <laughs> and maybe you can pop some in. So I've been on the SlimFest diet. I've been on the Dexatrim diet. I've been on the South Beach diet, the Atkins diet, the Weight Watchers diet, low carb, high carb, Whole30, wheat belly diet, counting calories, flexitarian eating, metabolic diet, diet, Noom. I did Noom during COVID and I loved it, by the way. It was really cool, but it was really mostly just having a little counselor to talk to about your issues. So that was pretty cool. And there's so many other ones that I've been on that I can't think of. But what's interesting to me about going on diets and because you do have to go off them, when you go on a diet and you go off, then you stay off of it for six months, then you see something else. You've got the new little shiny carrot. You're like, ooh, maybe I could do that. That sounds good. I could try that. Every time you yo-yo diet, every time you're up and down, you gain weight back you lost and usually between five and eight pounds more. So if, if I go on, when I went on the Slim Fast diet, let's say, I don't remember what I weighed then, but you know, if I lost 20 pounds, I probably gained back 28. You know, it's just, you set yourself up for failure because our body really does go into, and you started to allude to this, our body goes into that starvation mode. It goes, oh my gosh, we're get, we have no food. We must hold on to every ounce of fat we can. And then when you start eating again, it's like party city and your body's celebrating. So it's just a real hard lifestyle to maintain for our body. It's not good for our body systems. No, it's really ridiculous for the Mm -hmm. the metabolism in the body because to your point it goes through this place of okay not enough calories we need to shift our metabolism cogs Mm -hmm. and we need to run slightly slower so that we can maintain the calories that are coming in and then when it's 
moving slower and we do go back to, hey, I'm going to throw some carbs back in, the body at the slower metabolic rate is like, oh, carbs, oh, <laughs> carbs, right? Mm-hmm. So it's really tricky. And, you know, yeah, have we all been on a thousand different diets? Yes. Have we seen some successes? For sure we have. I can tell you, I dro- I've dropped a lot of money in diet foods or diet programs. And I think back, you know, you and I have talked about skincare and the amount of money people have dropped in skincare. Well, how much money have we dropped in dieting? Mm-hmm. Like it is literally a business friends. Oh, it is a huge, huge business. There is a quote that said, if every woman woke up tomorrow and loved their body, think about all the businesses that would be out of business. Oh, yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and dieting isn't just a female thing. I can remember growing up, my dad on a diet, you know, I mean, it's it's a mm-hmm. it's a thing, right? And I'm not saying that by not dieting you can all be the weight you are because some of us are admittedly at weights that probably isn't perfectly healthy for us. Mm-hmm. However, there are ways around and figuring out what's working for you and what's not working for you. Mm-hmm. And so some of the things that I was going to take you down the path of is the thought of intuitive eating and you and I have talked about this. Another one that I've brought up to people is cleaner eating. Mm-hmm. A lot of us aren't eating super clean either. And then the the third one that I would bring up would be Ayurvedic eating, which is a little bit like maybe the Eastern way of saying both intuitive eating and clean eating because it is both. Ayurveda pretty much talks about both of those, except those are Western ways of stating it. Mm -hmm. In addition to that, I would throw in maybe some intermittent fasting, which also falls right along the lines of Ayurvedic eating, as well as portion control, which falls right along the lines of Ayurvedic eating. Mm -hmm. So uh, the moral of all the things I'm saying is if you took a little bit of time to investigate Ayurvedic eating and an Ayurvedic lifestyle, you would find that it incorporates intuitive eating. It incorporates intermittent fasting. It incorporates clean eating and it incorporates watching your portions. Mm -hmm. So a lifestyle change. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's scary for some people, especially people that have been dieting their whole life. If they're not dieting and they feel like they have weight to lose, then they're all of a sudden going to be, they're going to have more weight to lose in their mind. But just making some smart changes can really go a long way. And one thing that I... I've got a client I'm working with now on weight loss and, but we're not talking about it as weight loss. We're talking about it as changing the way she looks at food, changing the way that she looks at, you know, social activities, changing the ways that she thinks about herself. So I have her doing some journaling, some different kinds of journaling around her eating and, you know, right before she eats. And then I'm having her be very specific about meals because we kind of are a country of grazers because when we when I was little 
you know, we didn't have so, we weren't bombarded so much with all the, we weren't bombarded, bombarded at all with social media. But if I get on TikTok now, because I've been searching a lot of higher protein stuff, you wouldn't believe the ads that are popping up on there. So I've been having her be a bit more mindful about when she eats and making it deliberate, not running through the kitchen and grabbing a tortilla and smearing some peanut butter on it and then eating and forgetting that she already ate breakfast, but having breakfast, lunch, and dinner or whatever her meals are and her snacks, but make them deliberate and make them mindful and sit down and enjoy the food. Enjoy the taste of the food in your mouth. Enjoy and think about where the food came from, how blessed you are to even have the food, you know, and maybe don't buy things that come in packages. Uh, that's, that's, that's the crux right there is mm -hmm. your relationship to food as far as mindfulness. Mm -hmm. If you're not rushing through the food, you're probably chewing it better. You're probably going to realize when you're full quicker than if you just shove a quantity of food in your mouth without actually mindfully checking in mm -hmm. with yourself. There's a whole lot to be said about just that whole concept that you just brought up and that the idea of really paying attention to what are your normal bad habits and we all have them mm -hmm. like I did it today in between zoom meetings I ran up the stairs I pulled a bunch of stuff out of the refrigerator I shoveled it in at the kitchen counter and I ran back down the stairs to get back on a zoom meeting mm -hmm. so I mean none of us are perfect what I can tell you though is the food choices that are in my refrigerator are very safe for me to do that because all of it is fresh food mm -hmm. right and so there is that like at least I can err on the side of even when I'm in a hurry, I know that mm -hmm. my food choices are good food choices. So mm -hmm. this is one of the things that I want to bring up too, is like you say, working with your client, it's kind of got to be this very delicate, slow dance because the other part of diet mentality is where like, nope, I want to start Monday and I want to lose 25 pounds by <laughs> Friday. Like, yeah. right. But if you, mm -hmm. you get that, I'm being very dramatic, yeah. but you oh, get, no. mm -hmm. you get agree that completely. point. And instead, what we need to do is really start to change our mindset and then not be so obsessed with the scale, not be so obsessed with what is is what we have as a preconceived notion about how we want our body to look, but instead mm -hmm. allow ourselves to start making those healthy decisions. And then naturally the weight will come off. It's when mm -hmm. we are so obsessed, I'm sorry, energetics here, but energetically we send all those hormones through the body. And I know that you talked about, should we touch on hormones or not? But that's exactly it, is that by being obsessed about losing weight, it's actually harder to lose weight. Mm -hmm. The minute well, you stop thinking about the diet, you drop a couple pounds. Uh, and we didn't gain the weight overnight, but we, I mean, we may, it may take us a year that we put on extra 20 pounds, but we expect to lose the 20 pounds in a month. We don't have realistic expectations. And if you go on a crash diet, could you lose 20 pounds in a month or two? Yeah, you could, but it's not going to stay off and it's not going to be healthy weight loss. You're not going to lose weight that you want to lose. You're not necessarily going to just lose body fat. You're going to lose muscle. Also, you're going to hurt your bone density, losing weight that fast. 
list. And so you really have to, to have a healthier lifestyle, you have to have a knowledge of nutrition. You need to definitely exercise. But a lot of the problem too is our attitude. You know, if you wake up and you're pissed off every day, well, fine, I guess I want to have a salad today and some lean protein. Well, don't have that. If that doesn't bring joy to your life, find something that does. So you have to have a positive attitude about what you're going to eat. Um, and you need the right kind of motivation. If your motivation is because, well, you know, um, I'm dating now and I want to look good for, you know, going out on a date or I've got a wedding I have to be to and I want to fit into this small dress or let's say I'm going on a cruise and I want to wear you know, X, Y, Z and look great. Those aren't real good motivations because those are short-term motivations. You need motivations for, you know what? I don't want to have diabetes. I know it's a little dramatic, but it's true. I don't want to have heart disease. Yeah. I want to control my stress. And yes, bad eating can promote a lot of stress and depression. Alcohol is a depressant. Yeah. I love my wine. We haven't talked about wine in a while. We might need to get on that, but, <laughs> but it is a depressant. So you have to be aware of what the food does to you, but also the kind of your motivation. Why do you want to eat healthier? Yeah. Is it for someone else or is yeah. it for you? Yeah. And ultimately, like this is this is this comes up all the time because people are like, what, you don't eat meat or what, you don't have caffeine? How do you live without coffee? And I'm like, well, you see, I made these decisions because of how my gut was feeling. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't like having a stress gut all of the time. I didn't like having irregular bowel movements. I like the fact that my body feels pretty good. Okay, sure. Am I a few pounds more than I would like to be? Yes, but am I also the healthiest I've been in a long time? A hundred percent I am. And mm -hmm. that matters to me. I feel better in my body, even if it doesn't look quite as perfect as I would like it to. Mm -hmm. And that is that is purely, again, a mentality of how I'm seeing it. When I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, hey, you know what? You're all aglow and you feel good. That's mm -hmm. nice to look at in the mirror as yeah. opposed to, oh, gosh, just this little roll right here, right? Like mm -hmm. I see my myself differently. And mm -hmm. that has made all the difference. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So having realistic goals and having realistic expectations you set for yourself and having a realistic view of who you are yeah. is important because, you know, if you asked me what size you know pants do you want to wear i i know i mean I'm, i don't have a clue really but i would i'm sure i would choose something that's not realistic for me just because i grew up on my first diet in third grade you know so i have i really struggle with having realistic goals and i finally after many 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 years have gotten to the point where i may think that then go what the hell are you talking about you can't wear a size four anymore just dream on chick <laughs> yeah know? right um yeah. And so you need to have realistic goals, but you need to have realistic expectations for yourself. If you want to look like the you know model on the cover of Shape magazine, well, she doesn't look like that. Yeah. She doesn't because she's airbrushed and, you know, <laughs> nipped and tucked. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. Heck yes, she is. You know, but some of the things that you can do, uh, you can control your environment. So you can decide if you want to eat, you can sit down, you can decide different things that you can that you can have in your house. If you have like, I like donuts. Guess how many times I have donuts in my house? Never. 
I only eat donuts if I go to a really amazing place, by the way. If you're ever in Knoxville, guys, Status Dough is the total bomb. It's amazing, and it's worth every single calorie, and I never feel guilty whenever we go there because I only go there and get donuts. But, you know, so you can't say you can't have stuff, but if you, if you like, have a health issue and you're trying to, okay, you know, I was just told I have diabetes. I have a client that her mom was just diagnosed with diabetes, and so you're going to have to get tempting foods out of the house, but... Why are the tempting foods there in the first place? You know, Twinkies and Ding Dongs and Ho-Hos, there's no nutritional value in those. No. And so. it's interesting, though, because you hear people who are like, well, I don't know if I can possibly change my diet because I have other people living in the house. I'm like, I okay, hear well, you know what? Twinkies, Ho-Hos, <laughs> and Ding Dongs don't serve anyone in yeah. the house. Well, and, and I always say, well, if you love them. we mm-hmm. have the power to not put it in our grocery cart. Well, and ultimately, if you love them, you want them to have the healthiest insides also. So then find some. In fact, let me share with you this. Okay. I'm not, you know, a lot of people love to eat raw cookie dough. I'm not a big cookie dough fan, but the other day I was, I was kind of going, you know, I really want something sweet, but I, I want it to be healthy and I did not want fruit. So I found this recipe and it is friggin' amazing. It's just got Greek yogurt and peanut butter and protein powder and chocolate chips in it. You mix it up and it tastes like cookie dough, except better. You know, so so you can find my point on that is you can find things that everyone likes. I mean, my husband, if it if I tell him something's healthy, then he immediately before he even tries it doesn't like it. Yeah. You know, he's like, uh, I don't know about that. But you know, you can find things that the people in your house will enjoy, but it may take you a little more work. So you just have to decide is, you know, are you willing to do that work? Because it's not just about you dieting. It's about you making the best choices for your whole family. They might complain and bitch and moan for a half a second, but if you give them something else yummy, they're going to like it. Yeah. So people maybe are listening, are thinking, okay, so what do we do, Tanya and Kat? Like, where do we even start? Like, right. So I try to talk with, you know, some of my Reiki clients who are really trying to look for making some good nutritional changes. The first things I suggest to them is checking in with how much processed food they're eating. And I know you referenced it when you said food in packages. Mm-hmm. Okay? If if you're opening a box and a plastic bag, right, usually what comes in the box is in a plastic bag inside the box. This is probably an indication it's not fresh food. If you mm-hmm are cracking open the top of a Pringles can and pulling back a label because it's been vacuum sealed to keep it from going rotten. Mm-hmm. Also, probably not, you know, a fresh food. Mm-hmm. So anytime we are using packaged foods, right? So that's tricky, right? Because a lot of times we're like, well, the quickest thing for me to cook for my kids was mac and cheese. And 100%, it probably was. But you can also make very similar things with fresh ingredients. You can still use a noodle, not using the processed cheese. Instead, maybe use some oil and some basil and some garlic and make a pesto noodle for your child. Fresh ingredients, 
Sure, I understand it's still a packaged, but we're getting closer. We're not using a processed cheese, which is really a dehydrated milk and a powder, ground down, and then you stir it back together again. Mm -hmm. The second thing that I would probably indicate for people is watching portion control. The easiest way to watch portion control is to serve the food at the counter. And as much as I grew up family style with big bowls of pasta on the table, this is not a healthy eating habit. It. Put your food on your plate, set your plate down, and when you empty the plate, be done. The caveat to that is, is sometimes you can eat a whole plate of salad and be hungry an hour and a half later. I get that. Like I have been in the place where my salad ran out. So when it comes to healthy options, I get to eat as much as I want now because it's really only rabbit food. That's <laughs> mm -hmm. what my husband calls it. But mm -hmm. with that, think about it from a standpoint of if you've finished that plate and you are still hungry, this is now intuitive eating, but wait five minutes and then and drink some water and drink, drink some water. Because sometimes you're just thirsty. Yep. Are mm -hmm. you truly hungry five minutes after eating the first plate? Most of the time we eat that first plate and we're like, oh my gosh, that was so good. I want some more. But it's I want and it's comfort. It's not I need, right? There is a big difference. Mm -hmm. So portion control is probably the second one. And then I would say third of all is check in with what your regular habits are. You also alluded to this when you were talking about your client. How are you eating right now? now. Is it a healthy way to be eating? Are there a few things you could change? One of the things that is a big focus in Ayurvedic eating is that the largest meal should be at the noon to two hour. So your lunch meal. Most of us don't do that. Most of us eat a soup and sandwich for lunch, and then we eat our large meal at dinner, mm -hmm. which makes it very hard for our body to digest overnight. Mm -hmm. We can manage to change that larger meal to our noon meal and have soup and salad for dinner or a bowl of fruit and some yogurt for dinner. Like, right, this is a healthier option. So your stomach isn't doing all of that digestive work when it's actually trying to be resting. Mm -hmm. And then we wonder, why am I not sleeping so good? Well, because your body's trying to digest this 16-ounce steak you just put in your belly. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, if you want to lose weight and you're eating the largest meal at the end of the day, you're shoving all this food and all these calories, even if it's healthy stuff, and then you're going to lay down and not move. So your body doesn't have any chance to even work any of any of the calories off because you're just going to lay there and let them just set. As far as from a weight loss standpoint, that's you know, detrimental to the weight loss itself. Yeah, 100%. One thing that we haven't mentioned yet, and I think this is very important because I have run across this, especially when I was doing a lot of personal training, people are not real aware of what good and clean and healthy and what that means. Because a lot of people, and you mentioned yogurt, but I know the kind of yogurt you eat. You eat the, you eat the healthy kind of yogurt. Just traditional, if you decide to go buy, I'm not going to pick a brand because I don't want <laughs> anyone, but if you go buy just a regular grocery grocery store brand of yogurt that's like, let's say blueberry yogurt, and you get the little regular container of it, that has 11 grams of added sugar, two and three fourths teaspoons of extra sugar added to that. Yep. Let's see, um, dairy free milk, soy milk, the chocolate soy milk, it has 17 added grams of sugar. Peanut butter is a good source of protein. I put, I use peanut butter pretty often. I use a lot of times I use the powdered peanut butter, but that has two grams of sugar added for two tablespoons. Ketchup, friends. Ketchup is bad. Do you bad. know how much sugar <laughs> is in ketchup? So we uh -huh. now have sugar-free ketchup in the house. Uh -huh. 
And this was a make, great yeah. change because it, there may be, I'm not going to get my family out of some habits. Ketchup mm -hmm. is a habit I'm not going to get them out of. But a sugar-free ketchup, I can get down with that. Mm -hmm. Do they even notice the difference? Not really. No, I would think not. Granola, I see a lot of people grabbing granola bars in the mornings for breakfast and running out the door, which first off, you should not be running out the door, but that happens. But granola bars will have nine extra grams of sugar just added. Tomato sauce, just, you know, plain old marinara sauce has nine extra grams of sugar. A lot of times people will tell me, oh, I just eat a lot of dried fruit and I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Well, dried fruit, just six slices of dried mango has 11 grams of added sugar. Salad dressings are another place the calories can, sugar can sneak in. And the reason I'm talking so much about sugar is because sugar is a very, it's very addictive. It's as addictive as cocaine. Anyway, in one of my little mini books, it talks about how sugar and cocaine both activate the same part of your brain, mm -hmm. you know? And so that's why a lot of times people will tell me, well, I only eat healthy. This is what I'm eating. And then I have them go home and look at their salad dressing, read the label. Does it, does it have anything with OSE at the end? Look at the marinades they're using on their food. I had one client that really did eat cleaner than anyone I've ever known, but she drank almost a half a gallon or more of fruit juice every day. Oh, smokes. Wow. <laughs> fruit juice is right. Like, ah, unless you're I mean, juicing yeah. it yourself, mm -hmm. then, then maybe, yeah. but wow. Yeah. Any yeah, it, you're purchasing, <laughs> unless you are specifically yeah. purchasing a sugar-free juice. Mm -hmm. mm -mm. Yeah. So it's really good just to keep a food diary, not to weigh stuff, not to measure stuff, but just to keep a food diary and just be aware. I think I've mentioned on here before when, when almonds became very popular 10 years ago, when everyone was like, oh, just snack on almonds. And my mother loves almonds, but she would buy the gargantuan size bag and keep it in the kitchen. Every single time she walked through the kitchen, she'd grab a giant handful and she wondered why she's gaining weight. But, and I was like, mom, you can't eat that many. There's this many calories for like 16 of them. She goes, but they're healthy and they're dry roasted. <laughs> I, I have a joke with a friend of mine because when I was really into training, when I was doing my bike racing, mm -hmm. I would pull out my 16 almonds and I would count my 16 almonds <laughs> and then I would take and I would cut them. So they were pieces of almonds. So it didn't just feel like I was eating 16 almonds. Mm -hmm. And so now the joke is... Are you splitting almonds again? <laughs> I'm like, maybe. <laughs> maybe I am. It's none of your business. <laughs> but, but I was trying to be super mindful about intelligent mm -hmm. macros, and I was really watching that added sugar. And so for a piece of that for me was trying to make it so I didn't feel like it was starvation. Like, right, I was really trying to be mindful about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, It's tricky, yeah. though, because snacking is one of those things, like even when we think it's a healthy snack, like like you said, it's really easy to still shovel in too much of it. Again, that mm -hmm. goes back to portion control. Well, and, and it also I, goes back to why are you why are you snacking? Period. If you had a good quality, yeah. yeah. If you had a good quality meal, you know, for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, you really shouldn't need the calories because you know our ancestors would eat breakfast, go work in the fields, then come back. Uh, you know, they weren't sitting around snacking all the time. One thing that I think we should definitely mention are some things that can be helpful. If I go to the grocery store when I'm hungry, I buy 
buy so much more food. So I try to make it a special point of going to the grocery store after lunch or after a meal, because then I make better choices and I'm like, not, I don't go, oh my gosh, look at that. I think I need to try some of that. That looks good. <laughs> Um, but also if I shop from a list that helps me a lot because then I don't do impulse buying. And again, I don't think there should be any bad foods or things you can't have, but trying to find smarter choices can help a lot. Also, I see, especially if you go to Costco, do you guys, you guys have Costco's, don't mm -hmm. you? And Sam's Club. Um, don't do taste tests in the store. Don't do it. It's mindless noshing. Don't do it. But read food labels. This is one that I have never done because I don't chew gum. But studies have shown if you chew a piece of gum while you're cooking, you won't be snacking while you're cooking. But yeah, I'll do that. I don't chew gum. So. I don't chew gum either just because mm -hmm. there's there's a lot of, I don't know, we won't go into that. Yeah. I, I, I don't chew gum. There's a yeah, lot I of things chew. that go along with saliva and gum health and all the stuff. There's a whole, that's a whole rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it can cause all kinds of indigestion issues with all mm -hmm. the air. And yep. yeah. Um, another thing you can do is eat slowly. I got, especially when my kids were young, and I bet you did too, where you would just sit down, eat as fast as you could so you could help the kids or do whatever. So so trying to really take, I mean, the Europeans have it right. They take so long to eat a meal, but they have, they, well, not all of them, but a lot of them have much better digestive systems than we do because it really does take about 20 minutes for our stomach to send a message to our brain. Hey, you're about full now. Might want to slow down on shoveling all that in. So if we slow down, that does help a lot. And I know a lot of times people say, well, take a bite, set your fork down. I don't do that. I don't. I try, but I don't. But I do always make sure I have, even if we're having wine with dinner, I do always make sure I have a glass of water there also, because sometimes you really are just thirsty. If you've had a busy day, you're just dehydrated, but you think, huh, should I have a glass of water or maybe another piece of cake? Oh, the cake sounds way better. But so check your hydration. Yeah, 100%. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I wanted to bring up before we give our book selections is the idea of, remember, try not to make this so complicated for yourself. Mm -hmm. Do one thing at a time. Exactly. If you like five of Kat and Mai's ideas, don't try them all at once. Mm -hmm. You're going to set yourself up for failure. Actually, I'm going to tell you to choose the one that sounds like the least difficult first. Uh -huh. I agree. And do it for 21 days. And then once you've started that for 21 days, then add another layer and try it mm -hmm. for 21 days. Don't try all of them at once. Mm -hmm. You know, one that would be easiest for people to start with is just drink a big glass of water first thing when they wake up before they do anything else. Yep. I mean, well, brush your teeth. Yeah. Know you, they, yeah. And all that. Guns Ayurvedically up, but... speaking, we say the glass of water should be after we take the shower, but, mm -hmm. yeah, but it should be before you eat. Any before food. you eat. Yeah. yeah before exactly. you eat any food. The other thing too is, you know, a simple one might just be taking a little bit of time for the next few weeks to journal what your current eating habits are mm -hmm. and do a quick little analysis. What are the things that make you eat more? What are the things that make you eat less? What foods made you feel full? What foods didn't? Like, and just take a little assessment of your current eating habits mm -hmm. first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In a, in a non-judgmental way, just yes. as pretend you're a scientist and you are just writing down data just for your own health, your own benefit. Yeah. 
Just try and be gentle with yourself. Okay, so what so books you got? Yeah, I was going to say, let's share some <laughs> books. So the first book I have is Intuitive Eating. This is a good book for anybody who has feels like they've been yo- yo-yo diet after yo-yo diet after yo-yo diet. Intuitive Eating really asks you to get in touch with your relationship to food first. And Intuitive Eating is by Evelyn Tribal, T-R-I-B-O-L-E, and Elise Resch, R-E-S-C-H. Mm-hmm. The second book that I have is one you and I have talked about, Fast Feast Repeat mm-hmm. by Jen Stevens. And this book is about intermittent fasting, which kind of supports that choose that main time of the day where you're going to be putting your food in your body and then leave the rest of that time in a day's period to be for for fasting, for resting, for doing all of your meditation and all of the things that are serving your body when it's not spending so much time trying to digest your dinner. Mm-hmm. And then the third book that I have is called The Wellness Sense, which is written by Om Swami, S-W-A-M-I. And that book is about really trying to take an Ayurvedic look at your eating and your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. Okay. I have three books, but the first two are both by Tiffany Cruz. One is Meditate Your Weight. It's a 21-day retreat to optimize your metabolism and feel great. She's got all kinds of interesting things to make you start thinking about. And uh, it's it, she has some journaling prompts and some meditations, and they're all short, so it's not a big, long one, but it's a wonderful little book. Another one that I used in the wellness workshop that we just taught at the studio was called Optimal Health for a Vibrant Life. And it's also by Tiffany Cruzshank, and it's a 30 day program to detoxify and replenish your body and mind. And she has so many simple little things and she has it broken down in three weeks and she even has yoga flows to go along with each one. But she's got a lot of smart stuff in that book. And then the last one, I chose this one because it's got beautiful, beautiful recipes in it. It's called Aim True by Catherine Budig. Yes. But it's got some beautiful recipes. And then I also use that Ayurveda for Beginners, which is that lovely cookbook. I have a mm-hmm. few now that I really like that I, I use if we're, you know, going down the line of recipes mm-hmm. and stuff. Really, yeah. really good, clean eating recipes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just in the book yesterday <laughs> because I pulled some recipes for the Mala workshop where we had some very lovely soup and salad. And then I made a gluten-free almond lemon lavender shortbread. Oh, yum. I love shortbread. Yeah, it was. They were really delicious. Yeah. And now I'm in the book for picking out my meals for the sound training that I'm about to do. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So anyway. All righty. Well, moral of the story, friends. No more dieting. Yep. Just change that behavior. Try and work on figuring out why you're eating the way you're eating. Perfect. I'm Kat Khan. And I'm Tanya Rice. And this is Two Pittas. On a pod, signing off. Thank you for listening to Two Pittas on a Pod. We're grateful you joined us. Join us again for more musings of a couple of yogis. We hope you learned, laughed, and enjoyed this podcast. And we hope you will share your comments or questions. Email us at twopittasonapod at gmail.com. And like us on Facebook and Instagram at Two Pittas on a Pod.